Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Adoptees Unplugged with host Pam Krosky as she discusses with her guests their thoughts and feelings on all things adoption. And now, here's your host, Pam Krosky. Hey everybody, I'm so glad you could join us again. Um, I have uh, had this cold now for about two weeks, so hopefully I don't sound um, raspy and hopefully you can totally make out my uh, nasally voice here. Um, But I am so glad to be back on and um, I've had now a second guest and I'm so lucky to have both people on, two great guests in a row. Um, My guest today, uh, honestly, I did not know what to expect because I had never seen a play done before about adoption. You know, you see films, you read books, um, and um, this friend actually put on a play about her life. And you guys, honestly, I was mesmerized. I I don't think, and I'm going to tell you what right now, I have ADD. So if you can get me to sit still for anything, that's amazing. And this play was so good. So um, the play is called The Good Adoptee, and it is the life of Suzanne Bachner. And um, if you are ever in any distance to be able to see this play, you need to see it. Um, it I don't even know how, I can't even, I can't describe it. I can't. You just need to go see it. And um, it is fabulous. And I know people probably think a play about someone's life, about being adopted, really? How, I mean, it is. It is amazing. And um, not only is this person a, you know, an amazing equal rights for adoptee person, I think she donates, you know, any proceeds she's ever gotten so that right there shows you that um, she's devoted to, you know, adoptees herself. Um, but she wrote the play. Uh, she directs the play. I don't know what she doesn't do. Um, but I'm going to introduce her now so we can talk to her and um, let her talk about what made her even want to write this play. Um, she does not play herself, though, so that's the interesting part. Um, but I want to introduce Suzanne Bachner. Suzanne, thanks for being on, and maybe you can tell us what made you even want to to do this play about your life. Well, first of all, I'm so thrilled to be here and to be your guest, and thank you so much for having well, me. You came and on. You may have you may have a cold right now, but I am like completely flushed, blushing red. So <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> for your kind words. Well, it's totally deserved because if you can get me to sit still, I don't think I looked around or looked up till it was completely over, and I was like, it's over? I I want more. Yeah, it was amazing. If I had known what a challenge that would have been, I would have strapped you down ahead of time. So I'm glad. Yeah, right? (laughs) Good. It was so good. It was just, just amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I have a wonderful actress and, and partner in, in Anna Bridge Forest. Um, yes. And also in yes. my... Yes, I should have mentioned my, her. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. And, and, and also in my, my life partner, husband, and, and dramaturg, um, Bob Brader. And it was actually working with Bob that inspired me to write a totally true story about adoption because I've written a, really a lot of adoption plays. 
and I guess that's just because I'm a playwright and I, you know, want to share my experience or what have you. But, but this was the first uh, play that I wrote that was um, like a complete true story. And I had worked with Bob Brader on his um, autobiographical monologue previously. And as I was doing the search um, and, and found out that, you know, the records are sealed and all of these things. Um, right. And I was becoming more active and incensed and, you know, just sort of unraveling a bit as I was, I was doing the search. I was, I was writing very meticulous notes to try to kind of feel like I was in control a little bit. I think adoptees, I think we struggle with issues of control in, in so many different ways yeah. because this massive, <laughs> this massive huge thing out of our control happened, you know, moment one of our lives. But, right. um, well, not always moment one, but, you know, early. Um, right. And um, you know, so, so basically, uh, as I was trying to get to the truth and find the truth of my origins, um, I, and I wanted to share that as a, as a play, um, fired me upping my game. And I also said, how can I, how can I write about trying to find this particular original, uh, authentic name that's on my, you know, original birth certificate that's sealed and fictionalize it and, and use another name in, in terms of, you know, the general way that you would fictionalize, um, a, a play. So I, right. I sort of said, I've, I've got to up my game. I have to have this, you know, be the truth and nothing but the truth. Um, and, uh, you know, since I'm not a, a performer, but a playwright and director, I just went out and cast the most trusted, gifted, incredible person to play me and, and you know, 12 other characters in the show. And she's incredible, right. as you know. Right. Anna Bridgeforth. Yeah. She did amazing. I mean, really, yeah. really amazing. I mean, yeah, it was so good, so good. And the little, Thank the you. props, phone, and I mean, just how that it all evolves is is just perfection, really. Yeah. Well, a lot of telling an adoption story like that on stage is like when you're telling something that's vulnerable. You know, sometimes you kind of have layers and masks. And I mean, I think that this is a total survival mechanism for survivors of adoption is that we have all these chameleon, you know, different yep. identities that yep. we put on. And so when you're mm-hmm. trying to like tell this story and really have it be, you know, this is it. And I want you to see this nugget of the truth that I finally right. found or discovered. Um, it's like you have to kind of pull off all the layers. Um, and right. that's sort of the process I went through because I was I was writing it and I was reading it back to me, and then I was separately working with Bob as my dramaturg, and 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 he's he's sort of a, a brilliant dramaturg in that he doesn't over uh, over um, kind of manipulate or control at all. So right. he will just say he will just say one um, careful observation you know, very thoughtful and it'll just like open everything up. So uh, he noticed as we were going on that I had met with Anna a few times and had sort of chunks and chunks of pages of this play. And he said, right. how, how long do you think this one is right now? <laughs> and he, ha- he had to sit down and read it to him 
And we did this, you know, one afternoon and we had to take a break and go to dinner in the middle of it. And I was drinking water like crazy. I was just like, oh my God, what's going on? It was seven hours long. And I'm not exaggerating, Pam. It was seven hours. Oh my gosh. So, so part of it was that I had to like sort of figure out and Bob said, you, and I'm not going to say which right. one for you to tell right now, it's yours. So you have to, you know, choose which one you're going to tell. But I think that's what's happening. Um, and then once I did choose to tell really more of the, the search and identity piece of it, because it's not so much about the other people. It's not so much about the, the parents and the parents of origin and the parents of experience and the, you know, it's not about those people as much as, as it is about focusing on the sort of existential unraveling, you know, experience of kind of confronting adoption and what that means instead of just sort of saying, oh, yeah, I'm adopted. Everything's, you know, glorious. It's like the Hallmark adoption. It's all unicorns and rainbows. So once you kind of say, hey, maybe it's not that, you know, it's frightening. It's so scary. So, So when I was doing this play, Bob had to kind of, you know, sort of help me say, okay, if you're if you're writing the search and discovery story, it's really more about you as the adoptee and your identity, and it's not about these other people. Like the parents are supporting characters. I think sure. that, that my adopted parents were kind of like first they were just like, oh my god, we're going to be in this in this play, and it's like totally true because they're used to me writing about adoption and it's fictionalized and that kind of thing. But this was like, oh my god, it's totally true. And then afterwards. They were kind of like, well, we weren't really in it that much. <laughs> right, you know? right. You're like, so, oh, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it, because it needed to be focused on more of that identity stuff. But I had to kind of, you know, take what I had and really strip off the layers because, I mean, not, not, the, not the good deep layers, but just sort of the I'm hiding behind this. It's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, a, you know, an existential crisis, but then I'm going to make a joke to make it easy for myself and for, you know, the audience. But, you know, you have to kind of cut back on that if you want to kind of really uh, shine a light on, on the experience and on your experience and hopefully, you know, to help people relate. And, and non-adoptees. I mean, what I find so uh, positive about sharing this um, in the wider world is, is, is just that it normalizes and the, the experience of adoption because everyone deals with identity stuff. I mean, I think our identity stuff is sort of like, you know, a multifold, much more intense experience at times in our lives. Um, but everyone struggles with identity. Everyone struggles with family and connection and um, defining who they are and discovering who they are. So, so what's been wonderful is, is, having showing the adoptee experience and having people relate to that as, as a human experience. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's made me feel um, like, Oh good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing this, this piece to share that that's, you know, in this corner of, of oh, only an adoptee could understand this. Right. You know? Right. And right. certainly an adoptee in denial refuses to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. 
Right. So. Because it was if they're not there yet, then, you know, it's hard for them to make that crossover, you know. Yes. If if yeah. if, if yeah. they're in the unicorns and rainbow land, they'd not right. want to hear, you know, sort of this kind of experience of mm-hmm. it. Um, right. You know, and and I totally understand that because I don't think I was I was so unicorns and rainbows around it, but just that I felt that um, it was not a big deal that I was adopted, and and that it was just I've always known um, I'm very comfortable being Suzanne Backner and my parents' child, and I fit very well with them, and um, like. There are no, there are no sort of uh, layers of complexity around that. It's just, you know, this, it is what it is, and I'm totally fine, and I don't need to find anything out, and I don't need to find other parents, and I don't need to, you know, look for these things, and uh, and you know, I, I'm just, I'm fine over here in this kind of zone of of not knowing, you know, right. which which doesn't make sense, you know, because because really, in every other aspect of my life, I was like, I have to fucking know everything. Also, oh, no, 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 I, 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 I cursed on your podcast. Now. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, I'll hit a beep. Well, right, you know you. what? You would love the shirt I got today. It yeah. says, I'm an F-bomb dropping mom or something. It, it was on um, one of the influencer pages, so I actually bought it today for myself. So oh, I thought, oh, my this is the shirt I need. Yes, this is a perfect shirt. I will show you this shirt when we, I will send it to you when we're offline because it's perfect well, for you and I. Yeah, yeah. Pam, I, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm it gonna is. Blame, I'm going to blame yeah. my, my dropping of, of, of that because I think yes, otherwise there you go. Would, that would not have rolled out of my mouth. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> funny because you need to be censored quite often. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from. I mean, I'm like, <gasps> I don't know. I mean, my kids knew if that word came out, uh-oh, things are going to happen. It's not going to be good. No. Mm-mm. Nope. So, <laughs> watch out, people. Yeah. No, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just, I'm so, I, I mean, I think a lot of us have a creative side, too, but to actually put a play together, that's totally different. I mean, you know. Of course, I couldn't paint either, so I don't know what I'm even talking about. I mean, I don't have a very creative side at all. But I mean, um, I mean, even to, I mean, it's hard enough to even do the children's book. But I mean, I think all of us would, have I was, this. I was just gonna argue with you on that because the the book that uh, that you created with Marcy is just beautiful, and I, oh, I feel well. like when I when I read it. Uh, I feel like I retroactively had sort of healing and guidance from when I was like a little adoptee, like even reading it now. It was oh, just incredible. Well, I don't and know about to, that. To but I mean, that, I feel like well, wish, you know, I yes. wish we and, – And to think, to, to think of little adoptees now having the right. benefit of, of this book is just so uh, hopeful and heartwarming to me. It's just amazing what you created. So well, I wish to, to get it you, out you there don't more. Have to you know, be- say I'm not artsy and creative when you did a book. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Sorry. Well, but you know, I mean, I think though, I mean, I, I what worries me is that, like, even with your play, and I know you've reached, I mean, huge amounts of people, but I still feel like your play 
you know, the children's book, people's paintings. I feel like we have so, so much to say, and there are so many more adoptees, I feel like, that need to see and hear, you know, our message, you know, and it it doesn't get heard as much as it should, you know. Um, I just, I feel like there are so many adoptees out there I that suffer in silence because they don't hear the message and they need it. I feel like it truly, you know, could hit home for them and they, you know, kind of suffer in silence and, you know, to see the play or, you know, um, even, you know, I live in a college town and I've had parents reach out to me for their adult, it's been daughters so far and it's happened, um, I don't know, a couple of times at least and it's been recently that these daughters, you know, come to college and they have that reactive attachment disorder here at the age of 18 and 19 going to college. They are petrified. And I think, yes, and you know why? Because nobody talked about this separation, this trauma that these um, children, you know, had at the time. Now, one of them was, um, um, I don't know if, I assume that she was adopted from China to here. Um, And, you know, who knows what trauma went on there, you know. So um, people just think that love is going to be an S. But luckily, these parents were so, so smart, though. They jumped in head first and were like, what can we do, you know. And, um, you know, I gave them the book. Again, you know, it's not too late, but it is too late for the childhood part. You know, she's now 19 years old. Um, But, again, you know, talking about it in your play, talking about it in books, um, you know, I told her about, like, you know, Nancy Verrier's book, you know. um, Yeah. You know, all the books I could throw out at her, you know. Um, And they didn't know any of those existed. They had no clue, nothing. So I just think you know, we could reach so many more people and there's just, and that's another reason why we talk about like going to these conferences and doing things like that. You know, it's, we've got to reach more people because they, they don't even know it exists. And, you know, there's a suicide rate amongst us that it's because, you know, again, they can't find like-minded people that they think they're the only one out there. And I hear that all of the time it's crazy yeah and i think that some of the sort of some of the symptoms if you will of of adoption or the repercussions it's like it's such a global thing uh, you know experiencing it as a as a human and Mm -hmm. if the sort of uh, if the kind of premise of it is oh you know you're just going to be plucked from this one clan and put over here into this other clan and we're not even going to talk about that, but it'll be as if we birthed you, you know, which is right. reflected in, in legally um, in all the draconian laws that still exist um, across the nation um, right. with, with sealing of original birth certificates um, and files. It's, it's just, it's like then anything that happens to the kid, it's not right. going to be because of adoption. 
Like that's the last right. thing that that's the last culprit anyone is going to look at because right. there's this sort of mythology around it that it's like no you're you're just like a kid who was not adopted but right and there's not even a but I mean that's kind of wiped away so it, it's it's an interesting when you kind of come out of that I mean some people call it coming out of the fog I actually for me because I used to say I was in adoption denial and not because I was denying that I was a adopted but really just that I was denying that there was an issue with being adopted right right so, like, but what, what whatever it is whatever this thing is the unicorns and rainbow when you come out of it or that you know the there's not a problem here when you come out of it suddenly everything is because you're adopted I mean you kind of swing the other way yep. or I did for, for uh, a long yes. time and I have adoptee friends you know, and adoptees in my amazing adoptee support group, which I'm very lucky to be in, you know, where yeah. every, everything, it's just, it's just like, oh my God, you know, I stubbed my toe. It's because I'm adopted. I mean, everything. Yeah. Adopted. Yeah. Right. So, right. And then you yeah. kind of start to, you start to level out, but the, the multitude, like the web of, of, of issues that, that, you know, crops up really because of the adoption experience is, is staggering. Right. It's right. Yeah. I mean, mean, is your, in your support group, do you find um, about, I mean, do you have more female than male, I'm guessing? Well, actually, I've been in the support group for over a decade. And it meets every month. Um, It's run by an amazing, um, an amazing social worker. Um, uh-huh. named Jenny Dunn, and uh, it, like it, it has fluctuated because right. for a while, um, right now there there actually there's not a lot of there are not a lot of men in the group, um, right? But we used to we used to be sort of fifty fifty, um, right? And 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 we also were aware that that was unique, you know. But we sure. still we As, still like yeah. we still gather like sort of the alums of the group, we, we, we have a, you know, an annual holiday gathering. And so oh, nice. there's more men there because it's, it's like more of the people who've been in the group and, and come back to say right. hi and, and reconnect. So it's a very special group and we do really tough, tough work there together, you know, delving right. into stuff, but it's so, it's so, uh, you know, and this is sort of like the, the conference is such a special experience in this way as well that you just because um, when you're isolated and you're finding all these things out about adoption, even if you're online and, and this and that, it's just, there's nothing more powerful than being in an actual room of humans right. and sharing something, someone says something and everyone kind of like quietly nods. Right. And, right. And that, that, right. That validation and connection through that is powerful and so deep. Um, right. I mean, it, it, there's there's just nothing like, uh, you know, adoptees being being together and in conversation like that. It's just right. Extraordinary. Well, um, and we do because, um, well for the second year in a row now. We will be doing um, a male adoptee workshop. And I think that's so essential. It's not that we don't want to do a female adoptee workshop. It's that I feel like it's mostly female-centered a lot of times anyway. 
So um, we saw a huge need for a male adoptee workshop and that they needed um, this ability to have their own space. And, um, you know, I don't know really why they really needed that, but listen, I'm happy to provide that. Um, And I think there is a difference in how we express ourselves. I mean, haven't we always known, you know, men and women are different? Um, And I have been doing this for 28 years. I started when I was 22. I'm 51 now. And does that make almost 29 years? Um, I found my mom uh, March 8th, 1990. And, you know, I have always known there has always been something different, especially in the older male adoptee. But even in the younger male adoptee, it's still different. Um, How they process things, you know, how their emotions run, um, in the relationships they're different. I mean, there is definitely a difference. And, um, you know... You know, I think this male adoptee workshop is is just pretty much amazing. And, you know, we've got a couple of really good guys that run it, and I'm really, you know, proud of how how it's gone. So I'm hoping this year will be, you know, equally as, you know, amazing. So um, I'm sure sure it will. I know these guys. And, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of panels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, there is a male adoptee in my group who I actually um, has been interested in attending conferences. He's never gone to one. And I was, I was encouraging him to come um, to Indiana. And I actually specifically said, there are going to be some amazing male adoptees at this conference and there's a special workshop. And, you know, so, so it's, I hope he comes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, it's, but it's specifically around that because there is a situation in our group now where there's, fewer men and he's new. And so it's just like, it's so funny because we've, we've always had a good population of men and right now we're men, but, um, right. Yeah. I don't know does, why. I mean, I guess that, it, yeah, it's harder for, and I think sometimes men are more encouraged to come to, you know, um, support groups or conferences or workshops or things like that when there's either a spouse or a, a girlfriend or, you know, whatever, a significant other um, of any kind, a partner, yeah. whatever, um, that encourages them, um, could be their parents even, to encourage them to come. But they they almost need somebody to kind of put their hand behind them and go, go, because they feel like they almost don't deserve to go. And I'm right. like, you do. You do deserve to go. It's funny. I got a call the other day. Um, from a guy, we've actually been friends for a while, and he actually was um, a Louise Wise baby, mm-hmm. and um, I thought that was really interesting. So we've had a long chat. I've known him uh, probably two years now, I think, and um, you know, with the perfect stranger thing going on, and you know, the twins and the and the triplets and all that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I knew he was an adoptee, and I knew he was a New York adoptee, but I didn't know he was a Louise Wise baby. And right. um, uh, so, um, but anyway, I just, you know, what a mess, you know. So, um, you know, it's just, 
as if adoption isn't complicated enough, you know, then we add those type of problems. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, you know. Um, but I think it's, that... It's terrible. Girl, it is terrible. It's, it's actually, it's, it's mean, horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, as a Louise Wise baby... Um, yeah, you know, I have to say that the that this, I mean, you know, there's an amazing book, Identical Strangers, that that came out 12 years ago that shed light on this first, um, and um, and it was, I mean, it's just a horrific situation, but this documentary is incredible. Um, yeah, but there are so many um, Louise Wise adoptees who, you know, I'm in faith group face. Facebook groups with them, and I'm friends with 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 um, a bunch of Louise Wise, um, now grown ups. <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about that when you when all that like, came out? How, like, what did that make you? Like, I mean, and you furious? Like, but I, I was I was absolutely devastated, and I and I and I think that is sort of like the word and response that I heard the most. Um, yeah. Uh, but 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 that's how that's how I felt. I mean, I I went to that movie and I was just like, um, you know, weeping. <laughs> and I knew yeah. I knew the story because I had read the book. But I mean, I'd read the book, so I knew about the twin studies. And in fact, when I was originally searching, this is this is briefly um, comes up in the Good Adoptee because when I was right. searching, they had right. had uh, lost my file because right. um, because I had I had. Uh, search right when Louise Wise closed. I started searching right when Louise Wise was closing, and they had um, transferred all the files to the care of Spence Chapin, and oh. couldn't find my files. And then uh. I went to a reading at um, at uh, Spence Chapin um, yeah. for identi- for the book Identical Strangers, and and I met the twins who are incredible. And right. um, and I had written a a play called Twin Studies um, oh. several years before, which was which was fictitious, but it was you know about twins separated at birth. They were played by the same actress, and and they were in sort of you know a a lab like situation. I mean, it was so it was just such a weird thing, and I'd always had a lot of twins in my plays. I think there's a connection between being an adoptee and being a twin in terms of like the yeah. uh, sort of the nature versus nurture question is sort mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the light is shown on you as, as a lab rat in a way with that experience, because I had a, a twin, fr- an identical twin friend in, um, in college. And we both had that kind of connection over that. And, um, and at that wow. time I was in the fog or, you know, in denial, and I so much did not want to hear that nature had anything to do with anything. I was like, it's all nurture. I'm my parents' child. Everything's good. Go away. Biology, right. genetics. Um, and and she had the uh, same experience because she was, you know, she was 18 and had just gone off to college from Waco, Texas, and she was trying to differentiate herself and find her own identity um, apart from her twin sister. So she right. was just like nurture, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm going to be my own person, uh, you know, even though I have an yeah. identical twin. So, but, um, but when I was at Spence Chapin and met the twins and everything, there was a, um, a, a birth mom, a first mom in the audience. 
and she raised her hand in the in the question and answer after and she said i had i had twin daughters and they were um they to- like louise wise told me that they would be raised together and they were separated and put in this twin study and the twins who wrote the book uh elise and paula had a birthday on one end and this woman's twins were on the other hand end and my birthday was smack in the middle so when I oh heard my. this, I mean, I was sitting next to Bob and I kind of grabbed him and I was like, I could be a twin. I could be in this twin space. Like I really, really believe, oh my you know, I, I had written a twin studies play. Twins were always in my plays, like all of this stuff. And I felt that I had sort of, I, I mean, I think this is just the adoptee experience of sort of like the missing piece yeah. or what have you. So, so all of that kind of missing piece experience that I was finally um, admitting and seeing for the first time and letting myself experience for the first time, I was just like, I must uh, be feeling this because I have a twin. Uh, you know, uh, it would be my, it would be my, you know, bleeping luck to, uh, you know, to, right. to be in a crazy twin study. That just sounds like something would happen to me. You know, gosh. But, um, yes. So yes. I, so I called up my social worker at at, um, at Spence Chapin, and I said, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I could be. This is in the play. You you, you heard the story, but right. but like yeah. you know, I could I could really be a twin. I'm to you know because I'd been kind of as as happens when people, you know, are not. You know, some people, it sounds like you, Pam, kind of right. want to search and then are bullets about it. It's just like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm nothing can stop me. It's like. A, great trajectory but yeah is that right oh yeah oh yeah uh-huh yeah. so yep. but then there are others months. of us yeah uh-huh. yep so which is amazing but then there are others of us who have to like go through you know a different kind of agony and say and sort of what you were saying about the male adoptees oh you know maybe I don't deserve to know this I don't know right. like you know you sort of go back and forth with this sort of ambivalence mm-hmm. of and oh, I, I see it all the time. Yeah. You know, it's, right, yeah. You stop, it's, it's or you like stop. The, yeah, the stop starts. Uh, totally. Yep. So so I was in a, ooh, I don't know if I want to open Pandora's box, like, and I'm getting all this resistance, and, you know, like, legally it's sealed, so that doesn't encourage me that much. And, right. Um, so all, all of that was going on. But the second I thought I was a twin, I was like, holy cow. Um, yeah, you're like, oh. I was like, oh, my God, for me on this sort of fundamental level of like, I have to know who I am. And it had right. nothing to do with parents. You know, it was, oh, I could have a twin sister. So, right. um, so and I have a right to know this. And I could be in this crazy twin study. This is wrong. So it just sort of amped everything up. And then I was like, you, when probably you were searching and you were, you know, sort of unstoppable, but of course, oh, yeah. you have like the Spence Chapin, you know, uh, kind of gridlock red tape. But oh yeah, you know, and they had they had lost my file. So I was oh, like, you God. have to find my file and tell me if I have a twin because I can't go wander. I can't wake up tomorrow not knowing I'm a twin. And they said, well, you know, you have to take your place in the line. And I mean, I was just like, I'm sorry, but there's urgency around this because y- you are now caring and responsible for the records. Of an of you know an agency that conducted ethically completely screwed up wrong in every way uh, you know like they didn't actually have um, 
you know, most times when people, when, when um, doctors conduct studies like this, they go through this review. They go through an right. ethics review and get that stamp before they do this. Right. This study just right. went out on its own rogue and didn't do it. So I was just like, there are ethics issues here, but sort of ethically within this, I should be able to cut the line if I think I'm in these twin studies. Like, you have to do hey, yeah, exactly. You know, but it was like six months later, so I had to, like, wait, you know, to find that. And I was like, also, you lost my record. So now that you have them, just, you know, just go and look at them. But anyway, apparently I was told that that's not the way it works. Um, but I have to say, um, with, with, this, with this movie coming out, how brokenhearted and... I think that there's there's a certain sense among um, I don't want to speak for other adoptees and other Louise Wise babies, but it, it's sort of like Louise Wise, you know, being sort of the Jewish agency in New York. There was like a certain sense of uh, of pride and a certain identity of being a Louise Wise baby. Like there was something right. positive. This is the unicorn and rainbows aspect of this, and so you know to find out that that you know, they conducted these twin studies, but, and, and I think it was on such a visceral level that people experienced this movie, but people were destroyed by this, like all summer long. I mean, there were, there were oh, people yeah. who, you know, like were, were joining, you know, my, my support group because of it, like people who were visiting, trying to get their records from California and trying to get, like, it was, people were beyond troubled by this. And I have to say that I'm extremely disappointed that that Spence Chapin did not offer any um, additional uh, support, uh, comfort, or services to the community of Louise Wise adoptees for whom they are, you know, in some yeah. part responsible. I, I yeah. really was very, very – I'll just say I was extremely disappointed, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And what made them send it to Spence Chapin? I mean, what, what was the reasoning for giving it to um, that agency versus somewhere else? I mean, do you know? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure, but um, there was another, I don't know the name of the agency, but a few years before there, there was another agency that had folded and, and they had entrusted the the um, paperwork and stuff to the files to uh, Louise Wise. I mean, to Spence Chapin as well. So uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, you know, it was. I mean, at the time, it, they were they were celebrating their hundredth birthday. Um, I mean, they were yeah very well regarded. You know, right? So, right. Um, Just so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean like. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, they've gone through a lot of changes over the right. past um, few years. So um, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why Louise Wise ended up there, but I, right. I do think that um, uh, I have heard that Louise Wise has a, a very large endowment, which is, which is there to serve the adoptees who come from them. And I, I don't think that is happening. So that's yeah. Honestly, I mean, I feel like, like I, I want to. I want a muck whirling right now. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, it went from bad to worse. I mean, you know, and the fact that there are still twins out there that 
still have no idea that they are a twin. That bothers me even more. I, I know. Mean, so I don't understand, like, you know, when this book came out in 06, Identical Strangers, um, right. you know, and this came to light, I don't understand, um, you know, why Spence Chapin did not take it as a mandate to, to uh, you know, root out and, and reunite the remaining twins. Exactly. Like that seems to me their exactly responsibility. I, and yeah. that could be why their head is in the sand about this and they're not offering services because there could be a liability issue here. Right. Mustache twirl, mustache twirl. <laughs> but exactly. I don't know. Exactly. But um, it, I mean, it just makes me sad. This, it just makes right. me sad. Yeah. That just because, uh, I mean, the the pain experienced by adoptees who were not Louise Wise babies is, you know, experiencing this film because it just brings up sort of so much around, um, you know, these sort of buried issues around adoption. But like, you know, among the, the community who actually, you know, were were handled by, by um, you know, who, who right. perpetrated this, this injustice and, and, and unethical uh, disgrace. It's just crazy that they're not, you know, offering support. Uh, it is. But, I mean, I mean, you know, there's so. I mean, it just, there's so many disturbing cases of what has been done to, you know, I mean, Georgia Tan. You know, we've got yeah that got we've got this. I mean, why why were we such a commodity? Well, children were a commodity. I mean, that's all. And and this and Dr. Neubauer to do this, and then. Then they get this idea that we're going to seal the records, you know. But now I know that the twins did get some of their records, right? They got they some were of it redacted. and some redacted, yeah. Right, right. And some were redacted. Um, but, but honestly, you know, while we're pointing some fingers here, you know, Yale really has a lot to answer for this as well. Like right. why are they harboring um, this? this disastrously unethical and, you know, yeah. sort of uh, like unwarranted study. Like, wh- like why, right. why, you know, I have to At- get my Yaley friends to, 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 to start pounding on the door about this. I mean, <laughs> or, at this you know, point, yeah, with, with this much around it, would it not be much better to open this up and be a good guy than to harbor this and be a bad guy. I mean, why would you even want to? I mean, the, the exactly. fact is, obviously, obviously, they are hiding something, and they don't want us to know things that were done. I mean, that is that is quite obvious. I mean, right. and the fact that they chose mothers that had some mental illness in the cases, that is another thing. That's that's just awful. That's absolutely awful. And what those men had to endure, you know, that, I mean, literally, I know you having been from there had to have been that on top of it, but I, like you, I was, I mean, I was furious. Well, I watched it in my home, and I was, yeah. oh, oh, I was so mad. I'm sure my husband thought, oh, gosh, <laughs> Another another <laughs> film that 
is going to cry, <laughs> you know. Um, but, I mean, I think I think he gets just as mad at some of that stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's infuriating. I mean, you know, we cannot treat children like a commodity. We cannot do that anymore. We've got to stop that. And and women, you know, like they are machines to have children. You know, we can't can't do that. You know, we've got to draw the line. We've got to get smart, and we can't do that anymore. So, okay, I've got to get off my soapbox. But anyway, um, <laughs> but um, I know we were going to talk about a little bit about um, you guys in New York have a a bill. So. Um, which I know. Is exciting. I was say, well, you know, in, ter- in terms of all of this, uh, you know, the, the the shame and secrecy that just plagues us to this day around Baby Scoop era adoption, um, the sort of beacon of light is, is and, and hope in New York right now is is just that we have clean bills, uh, yeah. a clean bill rather that that um, that is now on the table and. Um, and because of the, you know, the the change in the legislature, there's we have a shot, Pam. I mean, we really have a shot here. That is so exciting. A gazillion decades. So it is exciting. It wow. is really exciting. Wow, um, I am and, thrilled, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so I I hope that this can happen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I don't know where you are. I don't know. I don't know how your uh, legislative process works in New York and where you guys are in the bill process. I mean, um, do you have do you have one bill or two? Because sometimes I know. Um, well, there were there were a couple there there were a couple um, bills that were not acceptable and they are kind of going away. But the clean bills. Okay. Um, the clean bill, you know, there's there's one in the Senate and one in the Assembly, and um, and they provide they would provide unrestricted access to original birth certificates upon an adoptee uh, reaching age 18, and um, um, and and or or for for an adoptee's descendants. So okay. They're squeaky clean. Wow. Um, which is yeah. which is amazing. Um, right, but you know now now I have to, you know I don't right. want to be Pollyanna, Pollyanna about this. Well, <laughs> I've been Pollyanna this whole talk, but no, no, I, I mean, but but there is a shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information on them at uh, NIARC at New York Adoption Adoptee Rights Coalition. Um, okay, and uh, which is NewYorkAdopteeRights.org, and okay. they're laid out there. Um, so. Does it go up for a vote? I mean, like, when does well, that right, happen? Or you that, right, right now, it's just, it's just uh, like they, they just came out, and the um, one in the assembly has um, seventy-eight sponsors. Okay, okay, or, that's or good. One sponsor and seventy-seven co-sponsors, which is okay, which is okay, fabulous. So yeah, wow. Um, well, that's amazing. I mean, I'm excited yeah. for you guys. I mean, yeah. you guys are. Well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah, yeah. We're still working on. Stuff. I mean, we have ours, but I mean, it's such a process, even after it's passed. But you know, um, it's 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 a good thing. So I hope you guys hope you guys get it. And when does your when does your session end? Do you know? Because I never. I know like we have weird times of sessions. I mean, ours 
only runs for like in a odd year it runs like eight weeks and or ends in like April and then in an even year it runs. It's so weird. I don't know how your session runs. Do you know? It, it varies. It varies yeah. too. I don't know when this one ends. I yeah. don't know when it ends. Eight. But yeah, Texas is Texas only does it like every other year and I'm like, oh my gosh, if we only had to do that every other year I would have to just I don't know what because that doesn't give you much time because if you don't succeed, then you have to wait another year. Oh no, uh-uh. no, that would never have worked. So yeah, yeah, it's really hard to pass those bills. It's very difficult. That but was like uh, Connecticut last year it was one of the short sessions. Like I think it ended in May, and it was it was right too short. Yeah, yeah. It's we actually ended up passing ours in a short session. But we had done most of the work, luckily, in the long, so that that made it easier. But it's still so hard. Um, it takes so much time, and yeah. Well, I I'm so glad you guys have it. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I'm not I'm knocking on a ton of wood. Yeah, I know, I know. Knock on every piece of wood you can possibly knock on it, wherever it is. Knock on it. But yeah, I mean. Um, well, too. I mean, this this year's actually June nineteenth. Oh wow! So you have time. You have plenty of time. So hopefully, you guys can work the people and get it going, and hopefully, it will happen. I'll have my fingers crossed. But um, well, yeah, we've got just we've my got, we've got my hats are my hat is way off to people who have been in this uh, adopt your reform um, game for decades i mean there are, yeah. are been doing this work tirelessly for literally decades upon decades and i i i'm in awe of them yeah so. it really you know i know like you know pam hasagawa who worked on new jersey um yeah. yeah that i mean i think she did it for 32 years i mean i think she worked on that bill or bills, you know, on legislation right, yeah. for, you know. Um, and I thought nine or ten years was a long time. So, yeah, that's how long it took us. So, I mean, you think, it seems like, I mean, you really think you're going to do it in a year. I mean, you're convinced that it's going to happen, and then the next time you look up, it's been nine years, and you're like, wait, what? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> we, we just started, didn't we? You know, I mean, it really takes a long time, and, you know, senators and, and House representatives, they, you know, they leave and they, you know, the I mean, they retire and new ones come in, and that changes your entire landscape. So it's very difficult to, you know, figure out how you're going to work with people and who's going to be a sponsor. And, I mean, it is not easy. It is really not easy. And, um, you know, I think it does do good, though. A lot of the older, you know, senators and, and House reps, it's good to get some new blood in sometimes, though. That does help, definitely. Um, I was going to ask you, so when, you, when you've um, performed or, you know, not you've performed, but when you've had your play performed, have, have people come up to you or maybe to Anna and Bob or whatever afterwards and say, you know, that really, like, that opened my eyes. I didn't really, you know, I'm now like I've, I've I'm going to go do something or I'm going to search or I'm going to, you know, 
I mean, I can see that play really being, you know, motivating and, and uh, I mean, it's such a, you know, I don't know, it's such a eye-opening play to me. And I can see people just being, you know, go-getting afterwards, like, I'm going to go do something after this, you know. <laughs> um, have you gotten well, that I, after? A- I love, yeah, I mean, I love when when you really reach someone. And I, it it always, it seems to me, and as we've been touring um, Bob's work and the work we do together and the good adoptee, it's so interesting because it's like the right people end up in that room who are supposed to be there and hear that play or sometimes be sitting next to each other or what have you. It's so fascinating to me, just the way that kind of karmically works. Um, right. But when we, when we took the play um, to the London fringe a couple years ago, um, we, we had been there before with other pieces and um, we have, um, we stay with a, now a dear friend who is, who is like a fringe host and and he um, he has us stay with him, and and he became a dear friend. And we brought we we when we brought the good adoptee, I had no idea that he was adopted. I mean, you oh know, we, like we'd known him for years, and right. I had no idea that he was an adoptee. Um, and there was someone else who was involved with the fringe, who was also an adoptee. And I was just like, wait, what? Why are there all these secret adoptees in this? Right. There were secret adoptees, but it was just like, I was like, how can I not know this about you? You know, and and you know, it was it was so interesting because it really opened up a conversation and allowed um, allowed him to explore that part of his identity in a way that it, it seemed like it was, it had been clamped down and sure, uh, sure. it was, it was so, it was, it was really interesting to, to have that happen in such a surprise, but of course it's Rangers. And, and what's nice about like, we just did a run in, in New York um, as part of the APAP conference, which is a big theater conference here. And um, it was really interesting to, to, again, when people like, it's, I love, I love doing it for the adoption community. And right. I love, um, like, I love that space and, and, and people respond to the show completely in a different way. I mean, Anna really noticed that the first time we did it for like sort of a, an adoption conference that all of a sudden she was like, wait, she was, I mean, she wasn't thrown off cause she's such a pro, but she was like, Oh my God, right. people are laughing and what, like, it's like, it's totally yeah. different experience, you know, doing it. Right. But, um, but I had these, these two women who, who saw it just recently who had really very little connection to adoption. And uh-huh. they had no idea that, that uh, original birth certificates and, and adoptee records were sealed in New York. Oh, no. And yeah. they got, they were, you know, they were really, like, ready to be activists about it. They were just like, this is such a huge injustice. I can't believe... You know, and I think I think that's part of the thing with with New York being, um, you know, New York City being such a progressive town that right. you know it's sort of like what like you have this antiquated anti equality anti civil rights thing on the books like we're humiliated to have this on our books, and so there's yep. so there's 
I, I just I love when people who who don't have a connection to adoption kind of connect with that experience and you know feel that sense of injustice that I did when I found it out. It's you know, and they understand from having an experience with the play like what that means to an individual on a personal level. It's not um, it's not an intellectual exercise of civil rights. It's uh, it's understanding how deeply that affects uh, people, you know, in, in their daily lives. And so to get people activated like that, who just like have no connection, you know, who just walk through the door is really exciting to me. And if you think yeah. I'm not hitting these ladies up to write to their senators right now, you're, you're mistaken. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I totally would. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny though, because, you know, and I think Indiana, of course, being so, I think conservative, you know, it, well, it's conservative in some towns. The town I live in is, is very liberal because being a college town, right? Right. But, um, you know, I would talk to people and people would be like, what? Why? It's, they're sealed. Well, yeah. that's dumb. You know, I mean, they, they yeah. would just be completely taken back. Like, well, that makes no sense. And then, of course, you would get some people, though, and be like, oh, well, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, well, that's because it should be. And I'm like, what? But, you know, you learn a good game face early on. You know, you learn, <laughs> you learn, <laughs> you learn really quick, though. It, and you learn this as a kid, though. Um, you learn that you can't talk about certain things with certain people. You learn that very, very fast. And especially yeah. then when you're an adult, you know, you know who you can say things to and not. And you know that it is not worth a battle because you know people are just not going to change, you know. But some people I like to just really, well, I can't say the word I'd like to say. <laughs> I just would like pick a fight with, you know. You just want to yeah. just say things just to irritate them. But, yeah. you know... At most points, though, most people just do get it, though. I mean, they're they're like, well, you know, or you get the off person, that, you know, if they didn't know you had searched, you know, that, you know, are you're still going to love your parents, aren't you? Nope, uh-uh, nope, I'm going to stop <laughs> loving them right now. Really, you idiot. I mean, really? No. I mean, you know, people just amaze me, though. What? It's a button. It's a, it's a flip. It's a switch. <laughs> you know, you just... I'm going to flip the switch. Nope, it's over. Uh, yeah, so it well, just amazing. You know, ev- everyone grew up with, with, with this sort of uh, the, the, the rainbow and, and unicorns mythology uh-huh. around adoption. And so yeah. it, it's sort of, I mean, that's like part of the fabric of the whole of everyone's world. So it's just like right. people are so scared of change or seeing things a different way. So it's like you're really like even if they have nothing to do with ado- they have, you know no family connection to adoption. It's like oh no, that right. is my belief around right. adoption that I grew right. up with. So you can't shift it. It's 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 so weird. But I have right. to say that because we are in such divisive times and in general, I think it's so um, heartening that that um, adoptee equality and adoptee rights are, are really such a bipartisan issue and, and that they've, you know, it's moved forward in a bipartisan way because that's, that's 
amazing. You yeah. Because yeah. I can't think of other things that, that are really, you know, that much bipartisan. They're very few know. things is all I'm saying. So, so right. it, it is, it is nice to, to have those connections across the aisle and, and, and to have unity around, around that cause. So, well, um, it, 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 do you it, have anything coming up that you want to like, give you a chance to promote anything that's, that's coming up your way as far as, are you, are you performing the play anywhere right now? Well, right now, because we just came off this conference we're 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 booking, we're in the midst of booking it all over the place. Okay. So, so I, okay. I, I have nothing to announce at the moment. Um, okay. Send it Where by. can people oh. go to, <laughs> to, uh, but, they go to, um, they can go to what the the goodadoptee dot com. Yeah, the goodadoptee dot com okay. is sort of our hub, and then all our social media you can find um, from there. So okay, it's okay. like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, information, and you can also sign up for our mailing list. So as we unroll our yeah. world domination tour continued, um, right, we you will dominate. be announcing it. <laughs> Right. Well, you better dominate now. Well, if anyone, I want everyone to go there and check and make sure. So as soon as you are ready to get some more dates up, that would be amazing. Um, And thanks for being on. Um, And of course, we're doing our. Thank you so much. Well, I'm. I mean, honestly, I. I, uh, I I loved it last year, and I wish we could do it again because it was, I mean, it was the best thing ever. And um, we're going to show a film this year. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to meet um, Reshma. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, she's showing her film, uh, Calcutta is My Mother. Um, so that Which is, is going to be, be incredible. I think it is going to be. Well, I, know, I don't think. I saw the trailer. The whole, the whole- the whole conference yeah. lineup is is uh, just amazing. I mean, we're, you have we're such great people. Excited. It's such a special conference. I mean, we did the conference as you know we were we participated last in the first ever one, um, which was amazing. And then last year was incredible, um, and this year is a, just a stellar lineup. Well, which thank is why you. I'm, I'm going to get my friend to come. I hope he does. <laughs> and hang I mean, with the male adoptees. That's right. That's right. I know we're going to try something different. Um, I've done it before, not not for us, but at a different conference. And we're going to do a couple of panels so that people can actually ask questions. And, you know, I think you don't get as a much chance to do that in workshops. You you know, the time is so limited. Right. So we're going to try to do that. And um, I think that'll be interesting. So, um, but everybody go to... Um, IndianaAdoptingNetwork.org, and you can find out about the conference. You can sign up uh, from there. It'll take you to a link, and um, the link is Eventbrite, but it will take you right there. Um, and it's easy enough. And you can also listen to this show from that same link. So IndianaAdoptingNetwork.org. And thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on today. Um, we've had a thank you. we've had a good thank talk. You so we could much. Like, talk hour um but i'm sure you have stuff to do and um anyway everybody um have a great rest of your thursday and um you guys until next time 
blue skies and green lights. And thanks again, Suzanne. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody.